You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, and I have a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single dime and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we get underway with tonight's episode, I did want to tell you about one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's show, there is a lot of NHL action and trade action, all sorts of stuff happening right now. It's been a very chaotic, I would say, five or six days ever since the Seattle expansion draft. A lot of teams are making moves to try and either compensate for losses, um, improve for this upcoming season, or I don't even know. Some of these teams are just making moves to seemingly make moves. Who knows? We'll kick off with the biggest one of the day, which was probably the most shocking, and that is Marc-Andre Fleury being traded to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Mikhail Hakkadainen. Now, Hakkadainen would actually be remaining with Chicago on loan to continue playing for the Hawks, so it's not like he's actually been traded. Uh, Chicago still can use him, and basically Vegas was doing this whole move to get Fleury to essentially retire because Fleury's cap hit which was on the books for one more season, was decently substantial, and it seems like Vegas for a while has kind of been on the outs of Fleury. Ever since he and DeBoer had a bit of a spat about who should be starting in net, Fleury has kind of always been, at least uh, in my eyes, sort of on the fringe, despite having a really strong Vezina-caliber season. For some reason, Vegas just seemingly wanted to cut bait and try to make some moves. Uh, And so, Fleury ends up getting sent But what's very interesting is tomorrow, his no-trade clause starts to kick in, and he can actually make, I believe, 10 different selections for cities he doesn't want to move to. And frankly, he doesn't want to move at all. He wants to remain in Vegas. So Vegas basically got ahead of this and said, well, let's find one of the teams that can actually afford a salary, send him there, and we'll force him to retire because he doesn't want to play outside of Vegas. Barring like a major surprise, it does kind of seem like Fleury is kind of at the crossroads of his career where he sort of wants to hang up the skates if he's not playing in Vegas, which I understand. He's had a very strange career trajectory, he's been all over the league now, and he wants to spend time with his family, so I can understand if he decides to hang up the skates. I don't really know of many options if he wants to keep playing other than going to Chicago, but for all intents and purposes, he's not going to report. On Vegas' side, of course, they don't get anything in return, at least on the surface, but to be honest, cap space is probably the most valuable asset they could be looking for right now. But I'm just a little bit surprised by this whole thing. I think the way that the trade went down, especially um, them kind of keeping Flurry in the dark at the moment it happened, it's kind of surprising. Flurry actually found out uh, via Twitter that he had been traded. And this sort of thing is not super uncommon. We've actually seen a lot of NHLers and other uh, professional athletes find out from organizations that they've been traded only on like social media accounts. So not even being called or, or messaged or at least not available to find out themselves direct from the source. I feel like this was done because they wanted to sort of preempt any sort of decision or veto that uh, Flurry might have tried to exercise. Now, he doesn't actually have much of an ability to stop the trade other than exerting pressure on the organization through the public. 
but you have to be honest. I mean, this is this is a little bit underhanded. I mean, Vegas, you, you can't really fault them for getting ahead of the contractual stuff because I think a lot of teams have done similar things. But the way that they did it, I think, is what's kind of very greasy. You know, they they really didn't give Flurry much advance notice. They sort of made the trade before he could even do anything about it. And to do that to somebody who seems very loyal to the organization, somebody who wants to be a member of the Golden Knights, it feels very backhanded and kind of dirty, right? Uh, you know, Flurry loved playing for Vegas. I mean, he had a ton of fun there. He seemingly found his stride again. Aside from a couple of hiccups here and there, Vegas has uh, really enjoyed great goaltending from him. So I just don't really understand why this was done in this particular manner. For a league that often prides itself on, like, gentlemanly behavior, lots of handshakes, and close relationships, this is surprisingly pragmatic. I, I understand that at times Vegas has done this before, but to basically try to get your goaltender into a retirement situation is pretty crazy. If he retires, I don't think that there's any uh, cap recapture penalty or anything like that. Um, the money completely comes off of Chicago's books, too. So on that front, it's it's pretty free and clear. The only thing that I could see happening is if maybe Pittsburgh wanted to get Flurry for one last season. Maybe he wants to go there and retire as a Penguin, but I'm not 100% sure how likely that is. And then, um, as far as, like, the return is, you know, you got that one player, Hakkarainen, who's not actually going to be playing for Vegas anytime soon. You can tell that clearly this is just a capped dump, and, and certainly just getting the salary off the books is a major move. Because according to Georges Lerac, there is actually an upcoming roster move of Philip Deneau to the Vegas Golden Knights. If Deneau is actually being signed, trying to get that money off the books makes a lot of sense for one season. But it's just sort of funny that, like, Vegas keeps finding itself in really bad cap situations, and then sort of galaxy brains its way to getting that money off the books. Long term, though, you do have to wonder what the imaging looks like. If you brought in this really cool goalie that seemingly had an amazing season, and then you basically force him into retirement through a method that he can't really control, you know, what does that mean for other free agents and players who want to look for a place to commit to? I get that Vegas is trying to approach things from a very business standpoint, but when it comes to player loyalty, organizational um, functionality, relationships between staff and, and players, this is just a really ugly situation. It's not the first time that it's happened, but it certainly won't be the last. So yeah, Vegas might have done some really serious damage to its image, but I'm sure that they at least accounted for that and thought that it was still worth the risk. Maybe just getting the cap space and trying to win a cup as soon as possible is really above all else their main objective. So I can understand why they would try and do something like this, but I think a lot of players and teams are going to be looking at this thinking to themselves, yeah, let's not go that route. Aside from this move, there were actually quite a few other roster transactions, some of which are going to be very interesting. So in just a little bit, we'll take a look at what the rest of the league is doing, and maybe some of the less savory moments from today's transactions and rumored transactions. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts from. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today.
Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. In the time that I was stitching together an ad read for this uh, for this podcast, Winnipeg made another deal, which, um, yeah, let's talk about it. I, I didn't even expect this one because it was totally out of left field. You know Nate Schmidt, the guy who said he wasn't going to waive his no-trade clause earlier today for the Jets? Well, he waived it, and Nate Schmidt is now a Jet. On the list of extremely surprising and just very randomly timed things that I had no expectation of happening, this has to be darn near the top. So Schmidt was exchanged for a 2022 third round pick, which basically means the Jets are going to have a first rounder and then basically not much else after that in uh, the next draft. Now, Schmidt is actually a pretty solid defender. He had a really rough time in Vancouver, but based on what he was doing with the Caps, I kind of feel like he's a prime rebound candidate. Of course, I say this and Schmidt is 30 years old. He signed through 2024, so, you know, we've got a decent amount of term left. And he's coming to a team that hasn't really had many offensively active D outside of like Neil Pionk and maybe Logan Stanley in some time. So this is going to be a really interesting overhaul. Winnipeg's defense basically improved like tenfold in just two simple moves. What Schmidt can do on the back end is be a very dynamic puck carrier with really good shooting, good passing, good vision, um, nice puck control, good skating, and just generally being an offensive versatile threat, whether at even strength or on the power play. The only thing that is a bit tough with him is that, you know, you are bringing on about $6 million in salary, so now the Jets actually have to make some moves. I would imagine that there are going to be some contracts that they need to get off the books. Andrew Kopp kind of seems like the first one that I circle to as getting off the roster, uh, in a larger grand scheme of things, maybe Josh Morrissey might be on the move. I highly doubt that. I don't think Morrissey would be on the way out at all. It'd be crazy if he was, because I feel like Morrissey is, like, for the Jets at least, one of their most prized players. But we're also looking at a pretty big amount of salary. So now, like, the Jets need to figure out how to fit, uh, you know, one of Cop, one of Pionk, and maybe somebody else like Logan Stanley onto the cap. And I feel like that's going to be tougher than expected. So I'm looking at what Winnipeg wants to do here. I feel like Cop is definitely the first one that's going to be out. Pionk would be a really tough, tough loss. If they lose Pionk, I kind of feel like, at least to some degree, the upgrades that they made are a bit washed out. I think Pionk is probably going to be more of a priority to resign, so I'm looking at Cop. I think he is going to be out. Logan Stanley might be out. I feel like they just need to move a lot of salary now. That said, this is a welcome change. I feel like the Jets for a long time have been very passive. You know, they pick up a, a lower ND here and there. They maybe get like a, a third pairing guy, maybe six of them if they feel like it because, ooh, they're feeling dangerous today. But if you've listened to this podcast or read any of my Twitter or even Arctic Ice Harky articles, you know that I kind of get pissed off when the Jets sort of get, go about it halfway, right? I want them to make full measures to actually win because the roster right now has a Vezina winning goalie, a bunch of players who are only getting older as time goes on, and a really bright crop of young players who might start to make an impact on this roster sooner rather than later as they filter out of the minors and prospect areas. The time to win was probably starting ever since 2017-2018, but now it's really in high gear. The Jets kind of need to go for it. So for once, I have to say, I think the Jets made the right choice. These guys, look, they do have some risks. Both are signed for three to four years each and, and certainly have a, a pretty hefty price tag. But having seen what Nate Schmidt is capable of and also Brendan Dillon, ironically, both former caps now, I feel like they actually bring quite a bit of value for the Jets. You've got a really good skilled offensive puck mover in Schmidt who can be very aggressive, who can help on the power play, which is something the Jets right now need both of. And you've got Dillon, who's a really solid defensive defender, which is funny to say, you know, you don't really want guys who are 
are shut down players necessarily. You want transition experts, but if you pair them with somebody like Neil Pionk or, or maybe even, I don't know, Josh Morrissey, I guess, you're going to have a really stabilizing force, which is exactly what Dylan DeMello brought too. So the Jets' defense now actually looks serviceable. It's more like what the Pittsburgh Penguins have done uh, over the past couple of years, where maybe they don't have like a lead number one D, but they have enough to kind of get by with their forwards. I feel like the Jets finally recognize that what they're doing right now and how they're how they're sort of being passive in previous seasons wasn't good enough, and I, I feel like this is the welcome change I've been demanding for a long time. I'm more happy than I am uh, hesitant about it. I feel like I probably should be at least a little bit more suspicious of, of the longer-term picture, but look, I want to change. I wanted improvements. The Jets have done a pretty good job of not paying that much except for cap space and bringing in a lot of really good players. I think they've done pretty well. Um, the only thing that remains now is to kind of see what salary they start moving off the books. Brian Little's money's probably going to come off. I think he's probably, at this stage, going to retire. But even then, there's still quite a bit of salary that they're going to have to deal with. So I'm curious to know. I think Boyu's gone. Forboard's definitely gone. Um, Nate Thompson probably gone. Any sort of extraneous money that they've signed, it's it's going to be letting these guys go to free agency, which I'm fine with. A lot of these players, aside from Forbort, probably don't have much like NHL value. But this also might mean that they start looking internally for more resources, which is good. If you want to improve rapidly and you want to rely on some of your kids and get them NHL experience, I think this is the way to do it. Veselina needs a spot. Gustafson needs a spot. These are kids who are probably ready to contribute at the NHL level and do so regularly. I know that on paper the team still doesn't look amazing, but in terms of rapidly improving with what you have and, and not really spending a whole lot other than cap space, I feel like the Jets have made a good gamble. It's it's better than I expected. Usually I'm used to them just signing like, I don't know, Lucas Abisa and calling it a day. But this is the kind of aggression that I've been wanting from them for some time. I hope it's not too late and I want to be optimistic about the future, but you know what? Next season, at least we have something to look forward to. I think the Jets are going to be much improved compared to where they were in this previous year, in part because it has to be better than what we've seen last year, but we'll find out just how good they're going to get over the next couple of uh, months and, and certainly the start of the season towards the end of the year, hopefully with the addition of a few prospects who start to be impact forwards uh, at the at the NHL level. And I'm, I'm hoping Cole Perfetti makes the jump, you know, Christian Veselainen gets a really good role, David Gustafson starts to make an impact. You know, there's there's actually a decent amount to look forward to. So let's hope the Jets actually pull it off and play well next season. For now, though, that is all the Jets have done. I, I say that maybe they've got some other stuff in the pipeline that's going to be announced right after I finish recording. But there are a number of other transactions that I wanted to cover on tonight's show. So we're going to transition over to those in just a moment. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. It has been a crazy day after I said I was going to move on to other transactions. The Jets, of course, made another transaction. 
Because why wouldn't they? They they just love making deals left and right, apparently, which is completely uncharacteristic for them. But this one is pretty minor, nothing too exciting. It is Eric Comrie extending for one year at 750k. This basically signals that Laurent Brassois is on his way out as the backup, which isn't super surprising. He was probably looking for a little bit more than the Jets want to be spending on their backup keeper, especially with Hellebuck eating the bulk of the starts. Comrie is, you know, he's, he's had a bit of an up-and-down NHL career. Certainly his AHL numbers and NHL numbers overall haven't exactly wowed people. I think most folks understand that the prospect that a lot of people thought he was unfortunately hasn't materialized into, like, a really elite professional goaltender. But, you know, as a backup, he could probably eat up some minutes. I wouldn't mind seeing if he can handle it maybe in preseason or something. If not, Mikhail Berdine is also there waiting for, you know, his shot at the pro levels. Berdine's AHL numbers have largely been pretty interesting. I, I think his overall style is a little bit chaotic. Um, he's, a, he's a very energetic goalie when it comes to that stuff. Hilariously, he does actually have one particular advantage with him over the rest of his competition, and it's that he can actually handle the puck pretty cleanly, which for most goalies is always a disaster. With, uh, with Berardine, he actually shields it like a defender. He's got great stick handling. He's not afraid to skate it out. Sometimes a bit more than he should, but hey, it is fun to watch, and it makes him a very exciting, crazy goaltender. So maybe we'll see Berardine if Comrie's not ready for it. Aside from the Jets, we have a couple of other major transactions. Pavel Buchnevich, who was just traded to the St. Louis Blues, has signed for four years, and he is coming in at $5.8 million per season, which, all told, is a really good value contract. Buchnevich is a great play-driving winger with a great shot, really good overall uh, two-way impact on the ice. He's very creative around the net. He's 26 years old, and he is currently in prime form, so I would expect him to be a very major contributor for the Blues. They just lost Jaden Schwartz. He'll slot in immediately somewhere in their top six. I, I don't think that they actually paid that much for him, so I would expect Buchnevich to be a really major contributor. I think he'll fit in nicely, and maybe he can even take over some of the goal-scoring role if Vladimir Tarasenko is not ready to go. Similarly, we're seeing Connor Garland extending with the Canucks after getting traded there. He has signed for five years at $4.95 million per season just under 5 mil, which is, is crazy good value for what he is. I feel like Garland has been very underrated for some time now. He was probably one of the players that I was very much hot to trot for the Jets to try to pry out of Vancouver, which to their credit, they did actually trade with the Canucks. They just didn't pluck the kind of player I thought they were getting. So uh, Garland, a very impressive winger. I think he's probably in like that Brian Rust category of player, somebody who just constantly produces down low, has a lot of creativity, a good amount of grit, very persistent, very much a pest around the net, and has a pretty nice shot. You really couldn't ask for much more on a player who was looking for, you know, pretty much a, a, a contract through much of his prime. I think the Canucks actually made a good move here. Probably one of their few acquisitions that I tend to think is, is smart. So overall, good on Benning. He doesn't have many great moves to his name. So this one, this one I have to say is, is very nice. Perhaps the most expensive deal given out today was Alexander Ovechkin signing for five years at $9.5 per season, which you're basically just giving him a loyalty contract. You're hoping that he somehow crashes Gretzky's record. This is in all likelihood Ovechkin's last NHL deal. He might not even finish it out, I'm not sure. But, you know, Alex has been around for many, many seasons. He has chased goal-scoring record after goal-scoring record. He's continued to crush it for the Caps. I think there was no way that he wasn't extending with the Caps, no matter what. He had to sign there, or else I felt like he probably would have called it quits. I feel like the Caps are his home, I can't imagine him ever wearing another uniform, and I imagine Washington felt the same way. All that said, they basically don't have a lot of cap space now, so Brendan Dillon getting cleared off is certainly a major thing because Ovechkin's cap hit, you know, before this deal, very similar to what he is now. Um, I think Dillon 
For the Jets, it's going to be a good pickup. I think Washington, though, is just happy to free up the cap space in case they need to refit their, their bottom six or whatever. The last two moves I'll discuss are buyouts of Martin Jones and Braden Holpe, which I think a lot of people were expecting. Neither of these goaltenders is uh, particularly great. I think most people understand that Holpe probably is closer to the end of his career. I think Braden, especially when he was with the Caps, you could kind of tell that despite some crazy things from his defense, his own performance was probably not on the level that people were hoping. He had a really good couple of playoff runs, ultimately won a cup, but his prime unfortunately has passed him. Martin Jones, on the other hand, was just a really unfortunate gamble gone wrong for the, the Sharks. I think a lot of people thought that, well, you know, Jones had some potential as a starter, but unfortunately he has been anything but. So Jones, he's going to be released. I can't imagine that he's going to be getting much on the open market. I think a lot of people look at his numbers and say, yeah, he's probably at best a backup. I think Holpe's probably going to be a backup too if he signs somewhere. A couple of teams could be looking at him. Maybe someone like Philadelphia looks at Holpe or something. I don't know. Either Holpe or Jones. I, I think Brassois is probably the better free agent between the three of them. But, you know, teams are going to sign whoever they can afford and who they think has, I guess, the most reputation or whatever. As for Jones, I don't really know if I would take a flyer on him. Same with Holpe. But, hey, some teams are probably hoping that they can salvage something and maybe get a, a decent number two. There are most certainly a lot more transactions to discuss, as well as stuff that's going to be happening over the next couple of days. Free agency opens tomorrow, but I kind of wanted to avoid talking about too much and spoiling everything so that I have stuff to talk about for the rest of the week, right? That will do it for tonight's episode, though. Stay tuned for the rest of the week for more free agent and trade coverage, which we'll have up to date, including anything that happens with the Jets. For now, though, that's going to be it for us. Before you log off, make sure you tune into the live NBA Draft Show. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford. Locked on NBA draft host Rafael Barlow and locked on NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's locked on NBA draft 2021 brought to you by Bill Barr. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.